Hello and welcome to Tell Me What's Good, episode 11. I'm James Clark and I'm here, as always, with my colleague Jeff. Jeff, you're looking particularly relaxed today. What can I say, James? Wednesday vibes at time of recording. Wednesday vibes. Hump day. It is is hump day. I agree. We're a couple of days behind on our recording schedule because life is hard. Isn't that right, Jeff? Yeah, stupid work and money and needing it to pay bills. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, Jeff, how's it going? How's it been going over the last couple of weeks? What have you been what have you been doing over the past fortnight? Don't jump in with your recommendations straight away, but you know, anything else that you're not going to talk about? Well, you know, obviously we can't go far. So my evening typically looks like I'll finish work, I'll make the tea, and then I'll do whatever I need to do, James, to make sure I'm in front of E4 for 7.30, watch Married at First Sight Australia, which is my current obsession. Yeah, I've really got into this as well. You've been watching it as they come out, haven't you? Whereas I've yeah. been binging it over the last two and a half days. Yeah, I would normally mock you for watching these sort of reality TV shows, but I've ended up getting into this one, and I, yeah, I, I'm desperate to see what happens, even though it's like two years old. But let's ignore the internet and the fact that the answers lie within. Very true. Uh, but honestly, that Innis, she's got. I don't know what's coming to her, but she deserves it, I think. I feel like I know she's a real person, and I'm sure there's some good in her, but Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so I've been into that as well. Um, I've also, Jeff, I don't know whether I mentioned in the last podcast, I've set a challenge of reading 36 books this year, uh, mm. three a month, that is. It's not just a random number. Um, so hopefully I'll be recording a few, uh, be recommending a few more over the rest of the year. Mm. I've actually, I've just finished my fifth book of the year already, and it's only the what 20th of January, so I am buzzing about that. So I've got into, I've decided, I'm a big fan of the Sharp series by Bernard Cornwell. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Napoleonic Wars. So I've decided, I'm, I've read all of them as a child, but I've decided I'm going to read them chronological order. There's 21, I think, from start to finish. So I've read the first three of them. Ty, Sharp's Tiger, Triumph, and Fortress. Would totally recommend them, guys. You can pick up the first three in a one uh, on on Kindle for six quid. Just go for that. Um, I've also really enjoyed Call of Duty, um, Cold Wars campaign, Jeff. That's really good. Um, yeah, I've I started downloading it. It should be ready in the next week or two. Um, <laughs> nice, yeah. Um, no, it's you know, Call of Duty have really sorted out their campaign modes over the past couple of games, um, and I'm enjoying this one. Um, yeah, nice bit of Robert Redford in there as well. Always good to see. So yeah, um, give us a you know, as always, re- uh, listener. I nearly said reader. We're not. This isn't in print. Um, give us a follow on our social media just just to let us know what you guys are into at the minute. Just also pass on the good work. You know, if you're still enjoying our podcast into tw- the depths of 2021, please tell your friends. Let's get up to that magic 30 number. We've got it up again, Jeff, to about 25 listeners. So let's get it up to about 30. We're at um, we're at tell me what's G on Twitter or at tell me what's good UK on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. But anyway, I guess we should crack on with the show, Jeff. Do you agree? Let's do it, James. Well, let, let's find out what's good. Let, well, Jeff, let me tell you what's good. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a big one today. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is my recommendation, Jeff. The sequel to the excellent 2017 Patty Jenkins movie that introduced us to Diana Prince. And it's now available on Sky Store, uh, having had its cinema release ruined by the bastard COVID lockdown. I can only call it that. Uh, it'll set you back a few pounds. And Jeff, it's worth every penny if you ask me. I don't know about you, mate, but I, I really loved the first uh, 80% of the first Wonder Woman film. I felt it created a world really well. I thought Gal Gadot was excellent in the titular role. Uh, and I loved Chris Pine. In, I love him in most things, to be honest, but he was great as Steve Trevor. Um, I really liked the World War One setting. Um, I thought it developed the character of Wonder Woman really nicely. 
It was let down by a rubbish bad guy and a bit of a meh ending, but I've long thought that it was the best of the DC Extended Universe to date. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984, for me, picks up that mantle with confidence and carries it through its two-hour-plus runtime really well. It isn't as action-packed as many superhero movies, Jeff, uh, as many of them have come to be, and it continues to be a character-driven piece. It's something that I actually really like about um, these series of movies. Um, I know it won't be to everybody's taste uh, who are tuning in for a superhero film, but I love how they develop the characters in these movies. Uh, Whilst I think most superhero films that that have two equally weighted villains, uh, like Wonder Woman 1984, can often suffer for that, I thought the two in this movie, Maxwell Lord and uh, Barbara Minerva, also known as Cheetah, uh, were developed really well. And we understood their motivation and why they turned out bad, which is something that we often kind of like miss out on in superhero movies. I think, I think you know, we develop the, the heroes really well. I don't know about what you think about this. We develop the heroes really well. Mm. But the villains are just kind of like, you know, a bit pastiche. And uh, Wonder Woman 84 doesn't fall into that trap at all. Um for me, Pedro Pascal plays uh, Maxwell Lord really well. He's excellent in this role. Um, I think he shows off the desperation of the character uh, expertly, and you can see him spiraling deeper and deeper into destruction as the film goes on. Kristen Wiig is incredible as Barbara, and the way she and Godot bounce off each other and interact is excellent, first as friends and then as, as frenemies. bit like you and me, Jeff, from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants to be liked, a bit like me. Um, be popular, a bit like you, and be like Diana, who, a bit like both of us, who wouldn't, let's be honest. Um, and that ultimately leads uh, uh, leads uh, to a ruin, if I'm honest. It's not, you know, that's not a spoiler, if I'm honest. Uh, in a slightly rushed and unexplained twist towards the end of the film, um, and like I said, this isn't a spoiler because it ar- arrives in the trailer as well, she becomes Cheetah in time for the final showdown with uh, Wonder Woman. And this is one, if I'm honest, the film's weakest points, as it's just so like unexplained and out of the blue, if I'm honest, and a bit out of character. But that's really the only downer that I can put on it. Um, whilst this was really my first real example, Jeff, of watching a film that was destined for the big screen on actually my home TV, I don't really think it suffered for it from the main part. Mm. Um, I thought the film was expertly made, has a great cast and a good script, tells a really good story. The action sequences are decent, if not up to the standards quite of the MCU just yet. But I loved the 80s setting and the costumes are fantastic. Uh, the opening pre-credit sequence as well, that's set back in Themyscira, um, Wonder Woman's home island, is a phenomenal opening. One of the best I've seen, genuinely one of the best opening montage or sequences I've seen in a film. As we flash back to a young Diana competing against the adult Amazonian women uh, in the most amazing setting. That scene in particular should have been viewed on an IMAX screen. And if I'm at any point able to see this film on an IMAX, I definitely will. It was fantastic and just set the tone of the film really well for me. I'm rambling, but Jeff, Wonder Woman 1984 might not be to everyone's liking as it downplays action at times for more character work, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I know you will as well. I'd probably put it just above the film for, first film for me in, in my rankings. I'd recommend it to everyone. Wouldn't begrudge paying to see it again, although I can understand if people want to wait until it's free. Uh, if you've seen it and enjoyed it or in two minds, let us know as we'd love to hear what you think. Well, it's good to hear, James, because this is the one. It's my birthday in a couple of weeks. I always like to have a big film to watch. And this is the one that I'm just holding back. I'm really hoping that the 15.99 rental cost comes down a little bit in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you mentioned Sky Store of, in Amazon or, or Google. It's all the same. It's 15.99, which I suppose is £8 each if there's two of you watching it at cinema, which is not so bad. Um, yeah, I agree on, on villains, I guess. We... The, the best villains of recent years are either the Joker, where it's just the maniacal um, 
the consequences don't matter and it's the extremes that make that interesting or you've got the thanos level where it's almost not saying that they're right but you know they've got a point of view that is a logic to it rather than just i'm going to be a big cgi guy and going to blow up the world in the last 20 minutes of a film because so interesting here that there's a bit of development here big fan of pedro pascal at the minute because he of course is the mandalorian and should be everyone's favorite bad guy he should i totally agree if you'd class the mandalorian as a bad guy although another thing i've been watching i'm catching up with the mandalorian i've just we're just finishing series one now so i've got some catching up to do so i I don't we could have this could be a whole new podcast but is mandalorian a bad guy because he does go around killing people for money yeah but so did han solo not do that so maybe Harrison Ford. Maybe this is a whole new raft of podcasts we could have. That Darth Vader is actually the good guy. Uh, Han Solo's not, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyway, listener, I, let I, us know if you I, think I that that would get more than twenty-five <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but yeah, Jeff, honestly, it's a good pick for your birthday movie. I really enjoyed it. I know, like I said, not everybody's taste, but I thought it was class. Uh, over to you. What's your recommendation? So my recommendation is it's almost a, a public service. This one, my recommendation is a virtual escape room, which I'd never done before. Uh, I'm a fan of escape rooms in in the traditional sense, where you're locked in a room. There's normally a group of you up to six. You've got a series of clues and you have to get out of the room within an hour. Uh, And there's typically a theme, pirates, apocalypse, that sort of thing. So virtual one is a take on that that has popped up very much in the last year, given that you can't go and stand in a room with five of your mates currently. And yeah, we tried this at the weekend. I was a bit skeptical because it's all done online, but I actually really enjoyed it. And it's something that I I would definitely suggest if you're looking to do something that isn't just watching TV or movies or or reading. Um, The one I did was by a a company called trappedintheweb.com. We paid $8.99. We get an escape room. We can use it as much as we want. Um, We did it as the two of us sitting on the sofa, but you can do it with other people if you can set up a video call or even other people can buy the the room pass and do it. Um, And it's just really good fun. And it's got the nuance and and the essence of an escape room, Um, but it works slightly differently. It's text-based, so you'll be reading things. You'll have pictures. You'll have videos. Um, We made a lot of notes as we went more than we would do for a real escape room, but we definitely needed to do it. But I think just for the the thrill that you get of finding the clue, of unlocking the next part of the puzzle, of progressing, it had all of that. It made your brain work a little bit harder. Um, And yeah, we found it as a really good way. We we ended up doing it for over two hours just because we decided to take our time um, simply because when we first did an escape room, not understanding how it worked and we got to the 60th minute and they just went, keep going then. So we were kind of like, oh, all right, we actually have to finish this thing. So we, we like to take it a little bit more relaxed. Uh, the one I did on trappedintheweb.com was Lockdown Breakout, which I really enjoyed because it was actually in someone's house. They clearly have done this during lockdown, but we had loads of videos and photos literally of their dining room and clues hidden in there. So that was really inventive. We also did one called Cabin Fever the next night because we really enjoyed it, where we're locked on a cabin in, in a cabin on a cruise ship, and we've got to obviously find out where's everyone gone so there i mean they're two really small examples there's so much choice out there you just need to google them really there's some that are licensed i saw a, a harry potter one there's some that are free some you can do by yourself there really is everything but in terms of something to do on a night time for a few hours that's a bit different i definitely would recommend a virtual escape room 
It's, uh, it's, you know what, Jeff? It's something different, but a really good recommendation. We did one um, run by Macmillan Cancer okay, mm-hmm. o- over the Christmas holidays with some of uh, some of our friends online. Uh, sorry, it wasn't you. Um, different different circle of friends, but I, I totally agree. I really enjoyed it. It was ours was all like PDF based, but mm-hmm. um, so no videos or oh, no, there's one video. Um, so it sounds like yours was slightly more at market. Ours was free, but you had to make a donate, or you could make you were encouraged to make a donation, which of course we would do to McMillan mm-hmm. Cancer Care. But sounds really good. Got a couple of questions for you about your your one trapped in the web dot com. Um, how many people do you think would be too many people to do it together? You know, if, could you yeah. could you Zoom call while you were doing it? Yeah, you could Zoom call. They they recommend two to eight is probably the top end. I would agree with that. I think we we kind of plowed on pretty well as, as two of us. If there had been another couple, I think that would have been fine. When you start getting up to eight, there's maybe someone sitting in the corner. But there are there's a couple of i mean we we literally on the second attempt on the second room we uh we had to stop and have our tea and kind of think about it for a while and, and actually take a break so definitely a few extra uh, voices does make a difference cool cool and i guess the other thing is is it easy to access or do you reckon it would be tough for you know those who are less technologically confident yeah so i would use uh for trapped in the web.com i would use a, a laptop it's all run through uh, Google Forms within the website, but there's plenty of them that you can use just on a mobile device or, or an iPad or anything like that. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of them out there, and if you if you Google if you Google it, you'll you'll quickly find out good ones. Uh, but cool. I'd, I'd encourage you to not be afraid to spend a little bit of money just to make sure they get something that's worthwhile. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, in this time, as always, if you can, it's worth dropping you know even a few pounds to anybody who's put in the effort to give you a service yeah, I think every, we all need it it's time for a sense of community and a time for helping each other out i think so great tip there jeff and i'm really looking forward i'm definitely going to suggest that and we'll try a trapped in the trapped in the web.com over the weekend i think that's going to be my plan cool. yeah um so two really good recommendations there if you think that you guys have been doing something else that's worth us looking into that we haven't mentioned worth having a go at whether it's a movie tv show uh, you know a video game a book um, or, or as public service, like Jeff's mentioned, give us a give us a message on social media, and we can check it out, and it might be our next recommendation. Remember again, guys, that's at Tell Me What's G on Twitter, or at Tell Me What's Good UK on Instagram. What the what the listeners don't know, Jeff, is every time I say Tell Me What's G, I do kind of like that little finger slap thing that used to be allergies, like Booyakasha thing back in the day. It's my one throwback to a bygone age but every time you do it a podcast fairy dies that's that's true yeah that's true so one of the things that we're going to do a bit differently for our top three today is we're going to look ahead to 2021 and we're going to list uh, some top three games some top three tv shows and some top three or top six movies that we are really interested in and looking forward to over the coming year don't worry, listener. I've given Jeff a hundred word for each recommendation or each one maximum. Okay, so because we all know he can go on a bit. Um, definitely not me. It's Jeff that's verbose. Um, but I'll kick us off, Jeff, if you don't mind, and I'll crack on with my top three video games to look forward to over the coming year. Is that all right with you? Let's do it. Fantastic. I'll so, be counting your words, so hold on. Let me just get a counter. Okay, go. Okay, cool. Um, number three on my list of the games of 2021 is Rainbow Six Quarantine. From what we know, Quarantine is going to be built on the foundations of the incredible Rainbow Six Siege, which is a tactical team shooter for the ages, Jeff. 
In this game, um, Quarantine, from what we know, you're part of a three-player co-op team fighting against a deadly parasite. I don't really know how this is going to be imagined in the flesh, but I'm looking forward to it. I'd imagine it'd be far more than that, though. I trust Ubisoft to make this great as Siege is a transformative in the genre for anyone that put time into it. You can destroy almost any wall, floor, or ceiling um, to like get the advantage on your enemies. And for t- tactical shooters, that pri- uh, the, uh, it's kind of like the only game um, in the tactical shooter genre that prizes cunning and intelligence as much as reflexes and speed. There's no match for it, really. So that's why I'm really looking forward to its sequel. This could be at any time from April until the end of the year, but I know it's going to be good. So that's Rainbow Six Siege, uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine, the sequel to Siege. Number two on my list, Jeff, comes out today. Okay, that's Hitman 3. I pre-ordered it as a Christmas present because someone doubled up uh, on Assassin's Creed Valhalla for me, and I'm very excited about <laughs> this. Um, I've owned all of the Hitman games to date. I think this is number eight or nine in the list. And I just love how they build levels and worlds. For anyone who isn't initiated uh, as Agent 47, each level is a huge world. You're given targets uh, to to kill, obviously, because you're a hitman. And there are innumerable ways to achieve them, literally sometimes hundreds. Some Some of these methods are serious. Some of them are ridiculous. You know, you could drop an ice cream van on somebody if you wanted to. It's your choice. I love what IO Interactive do with their games, too. Hitman 3 is going to be has been announced to be a platform for the previous two in the trilogy that were all released on PlayStation 4. So all of their levels and targets are going to be available to play, to play on Hitman 3, fresh and in next gen, which is fantastic. It's like getting three games in one, unless you bought the other two games originally like I did. Um, my top game, Jeff, for 2021 that I'm really excited about is Back for Blood. And I've talked about this before on the pod. Um, but I'm really excited for this new iteration of uh, in the Left 4 Dead series. It's unofficial, but from the same creators of those games. Basically, it's a four-player zombie-killing cooperative survival game. And I love the idea that different areas of each map are available each time you play. So you've got different maps, Jeff, and sometimes you can't get in certain rooms or certain levels. They have this... Um, this uh, method called the game maker mechanic that kind of means that no two games will ever feel the same. I know you'll agree about this one because we're both big Walking Dead fans and it's kind of like playing this game is like living out a bit of a fantasy for us that we'd never actually want to see come true. Uh, Back for Blood's out on the 22nd of June. I'm absolutely hyped for it and I can't wait to play it. So they're my top three games of 2021. Three very good games there, James. There, uh, there's a few other ones that I, I had uh, I'd spotted, things like God of War uh, 4, I think we're up to, um, New Gran Turismo, Battlefield, there's a Lord of the Golem one, actually, I thought was quite interesting, it seems like a stealth version there. So, um, yeah, quite a few to be looking forward to then. Yeah, they're all big names on, on my list as well. I'll mm-hmm. be honest, um, I just couldn't get into God of War, I just didn't enjoy the first one, I know it's game of the year, I know everybody mm-hmm. loved it, I, I just couldn't couldn't get into it um and yeah lord of the rings obviously i loved all the lord of the rings games love shadow of war shadow of mordor Gollum is my least favorite character in the lord of the rings series all right so that's just I mean, what i don't think you meant to like him i don't think you meant to well, like him. So, well, so that's my worry is that i'm going to spend a whole game playing as him Ugh. yeah that's um, true yeah and i guess the only other one that nearly made it on my list is horizon uh, forbidden west the sequel to zero dawn one of the best games on the previous generation jeff and i'm just excited about that one as well yeah, no, some good games there. There's, uh, there's some for for the younger audience as well. There's uh, a new Lego Star Wars coming out. There's uh, a new Mario, which I'm sure will be good. Uh, and also there's a Monster Hunter exclusive on the Switch, which I thought was quite yeah. interesting because we don't see many kind of grown-up games on the Switch. So it'll be interesting to see how that one goes as well. Yeah, exciting year for games, I think. Mm. Um, I don't know whether it'll live up to last year's big hitters, but mm. an exciting name for, yeah, for games. 
What about you, Jeff? Your top three TV shows of 2021. What are you looking forward to? Is it Bridgerton? Um, well, we've already had it, James. I know. It didn't. It wasn't allowed to be on the list, despite despite many objections. No. So my number three is Dexter. That stars Michael C. Hall returning as the forensic technician who works with the police on murder cases, but is actually a murderer himself. Really good TV show. Ran for eight seasons from 2006. Was excellent, well, up until about season six, but let's not let's not dwell on that one. Um, we're getting a limited series of the same character. It's set about 10 years after the event, so pretty much in, in line with the, that timeline. I think what's really important, though, is it's been headed up by Clyde Phillips, who's the original showrunner for seasons one to four. And that's when it was really at its best there. So it's a very watchable character. He's very charming for being a murderer. So that is my... Yeah number three on the list number two is also quite a mischievous character it is the god of mischief himself loki this is uh, again a limited series coming on disney plus probably at the end of the year when tom hiddleston will be returning as loki i.e thor's brother from the marvel films yeah. um still alive from the events of endgame we've saw a trailer it looks like loads of fun owen wilson is in it but he has got gray hair it's been that long since we've seen him. Um, we really don't know what is actually happening in this. We've seen Loki kind of jumping around. It looks like between alternative either timelines or realities, but generally causing trouble, which is great. So exactly what we want to see from him. And it'll be really interesting to see if this kind of leads to him jumping back into the main timeline for the next Thor film, which I think is coming possibly next year. So that's my number two. And number one is a show that, I mean, it has to be number one because apparently they're spending a billion dollars on this over the first five years, and it may be more if it works out well. And that is Amazon's Lord of the Rings. So this is a TV show set in this universe. It is set thousands of years before the events of the Lord of the Rings films, though, in the Second Age. Um, It's going to be filmed in New Zealand again, which, of course, is Middle-earth come real. There's going to be 20 episodes in the first season, so we're going to get a good slog out of it. And we don't really know much more about it. The only the only member of the cast I actually recognise is Lenny Henry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you just you can't imagine they'd be throwing this much money at something, and it's not going to be good. And uh, it just makes me think, you know, if you take Game of Thrones and then scale it up with the mythology and and the the legacy that we have with the Lord of the Rings stories, then this could be absolutely immense. Exciting stuff. You know, I'm a huge, despite my hatred of Gollum, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. <laughs> um, I think Amazon, I think Amazon have a, a, like a, a world dominating TV show on the horizon at some point. Um, you know, nothing's really, lit it up in the way that netflix does but i think they've got you know they're working on that they're developing that they're getting better every year i think mm-hmm. this is going to be fantastic um i'm excited for the other for me personally i'm excited for the other disney movie uh, disney tv shows you know mm-hmm. or marvel ones in particular of course um so you've got the falcon and winter soldier you've got hawkeye you've got miss marvel i think they're all slated for this year they are they're yeah it's so all, really cool. all packed slate and uh, yeah, yeah D- disney plus as well we've got the book of uh, boba fett yeah, uh, the Mandalorian spin-off as well. So there's lots of good things there. Things that aren't owned by Disney uh, that caught my eye. You've got things like um, Bel Air, which is yeah. the, the dramatic version, which will yeah. be really interesting. Clarice, which is a prequel, sequel, uh, um, 
Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Oh, yeah. One that's quite topical. Um, impeachment, American Crime Story, which <laughs> is going to be a, a dramatic reimagining of Bill Clinton's impeachment, though I can think of a sequel. Yeah. Uh, but that one's going to star Clive Owen and Sarah Paulson. So two really good names there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's quite a few good things slated for this year. And they're all they're all like new releases. So I'm assuming I feel yeah. like The Witcher season two must be this year. Um, um, I haven't seen it mentioned, but yeah, there's definitely there's a, there's a few original things which is important. I, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to say what they're going to be look like. But if you look at the quality of the people involved, I mean, another one is um, is uh, I don't know. I say it, Lizzie's story, which is a Stephen King novel that's yeah. been adapted, starring Julianne Moore and produced by yeah. J.J. Abrahams. So again, if you look at the 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 quality and i guess it's film level quality that is continues to feed into tv there's definitely going to be some good shows this year yeah i'm excited and of course next week snowpiercer season two yeah yeah <laughs> cool really good recommendations there jeff um and we're going to finish off looking looking ahead of 2021 we've both made a, a top three movies so i would like to start off my number three movies to look forward to in 2021 jeff is top gun maverick jeff i'm so buzzed about top gun getting a sequel i have been since it was announced what must be three or four years ago now i literally can't wait for it um and it's coming out on the first of july of course you know just in time for the fourth of july weekend jeff i'm an unapologetic tom cruise fan Uh, i love almost all of his movies i think he's an incredible action star It doesn't matter if you don't like him or if he plays the same character in most of his films. Everyone is a banger as far as I'm concerned. And Jeff, if ever a year was feeling the need, the need for speed, it's 2021. Um, I mean, you you were doing well, so well until that that last line there. But yeah, that's a really good one. Um, My number three is slightly different. It is In the Heights, which is a musical, but it's basically what the Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel Miranda did before Hamilton in Broadway. So this one's getting adapted for the big screen. It's been directed by Crazy Rich Asians director John M. Chu, which I think is a really good choice for what will be a very vibrant musical by the looks of it. Set in New York's Latino neighborhood, Washington Heights, that's the name. Uh, That's coming out in the summer and it feels very much like a, a good summery film um we you know we we haven't had any musicals for a couple of years you know we had great showman and la la land but that's had a bit of a lull so it'll be very interesting to see how that looks uh in particular it'll be interesting to see how it compares to west side story and not the old one but the new one that's actually coming in december by no steven spielberg is directing yeah. a musical so a couple of absolute bangers for musicals there yeah, nice. Excited for them as well. I like a good musical. Um, it, you know, they just they just leave you in a good mood, don't they? Let's be yeah. honest. No, I haven't. I haven't listened to the Greatest Showman soundtrack for days. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe you. Um, your Twitter. Your Twitter feed would suggest otherwise. <laughs> Jeff. Um, talking about films that don't leave you in a good mood, I'm going to pick June as my number two pick. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, Jeff. I haven't read the Frank Herbert books, and I haven't watched mm. the 1984 David Lynch movie. It just seems a bit imposing for me. Um, but I know Dune is a science fiction story and it'll be a large scale movie set in a sprawling like alternative alien universe. My dad is a huge Dune fan. Um, I personally am a huge Denis Villeneuve fan and I loved Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario and Arrival. I hated Blade Runner 2049, but that's not because of him. Um, I'm excited about the cast of this film, uh, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Rebecca Ferguson, all always turning good work. I can't think of a bad movie that any of them have really ju- done recently. Um, apart from Labor Day, Josh Brolin, I don't know what you were thinking. Maybe you needed some money. Um, 
I hope June gets released into cinemas like it deserves. I know that's what Denny Villeneuve wants. He's furious that it's going to HBO Max. But if I'm honest, I'll watch it wherever I can because I'm really excited. I think this is going to be great. I think it's probably going to be a two-parter um, but as long as Denny Villeneuve gets placated a little bit. And mm. I just think it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, June is my number two pick. Yeah, no, that's definitely out of all the ones coming this year. That's one I would definitely like to see at cinema. Uh, another one I would like to see at cinema is Last Night in Soho, which is my number two. This is the latest film from Edgar Wright. He directed Hot Fuzz and his first film since Baby Driver. This one's a little bit different for him. It's actually a horror. So, you know, I'll, I'll need company to watch this one and preferably the lights on. Um, but, of course, set in Soho, inspired by the likes of Don't Look Now, which is the Donald Sutherland classic from the 70s. The cast looks tremendous. We've got Matt Smith, i.e. Doctor Who, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy from Queen's Gambit, Jojo Rabbit's Thomasin McKenzie, uh, the legendary Thomas Stamp and the late great Diana Rigg. So just on the cast alone, I'm there. Big fan of Edgar Wright as well. So that one is Fingers crossed, going to be out in April. Yeah, it looks really good, Jeff. It looks right up my street. I'll go see that with you if we're allowed by that point. Yeah, if we're allowed. Six, we're six allowed. feet apart, yeah. yeah. Six feet apart. Six, six meters. No, yeah, six feet down, six meters. That would be <laughs> a long way. Six, six, six meters <laughs> is a choice. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> That's what I used to do before COVID was a thing. Um, cool. Great pick. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, number one on my list, though, Jeff, I'm looking forward to even more. And that is Black Widow. It's just been too long since we've seen last seen an MCU movie, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be over two years by the time Black Widow eventually reaches our screens. I think she's a great character, played fantastically well by ScarJo. It's just another one of those literary figures who is embodied by the actor who plays them. A bit like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, like I've said before. She just, you know, Scarlett Johansson just is Black Widow. Um, everybody will have seen the trailer a million times because they've been advertising it for over a year now. It's coming out on the 7th of May, hopefully. It has a great trailer. It has a really good cast. You know, I love David Harbour from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I thought Florence Pugh was great in Little Women. And I really like Rachel Weisz and kind of anything ever since she was in The Mummy. Um, I think it's another film 2021 just needs. and We just need a Marvel movie. It's no surprise that 2020 was a rubbish year and we didn't have a Marvel film. I just can't wait for it. So that's why it's my number one pick. Yeah, it's very good. Definitely keen to see Marvel back on the big screen, even though it is good to, that we have these TV shows as well to placate us until then. Uh, but my number one is, uh, I, I guess it's similarly comic book in scale, but it's my number one is Ghostbusters Afterlife. So this is a sequel to the original films as opposed to the 2016 one. It's directed by Jason Reitman, who's the son of Ivan, the original director. Uh, he's actually the kid who, who tells uh, Ernie Hudson that he sucks in Ghostbusters 2 at the very start. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, Ernie Hudson, who shares a birthday with me? Well, he can't, he can't get everything right. Um, it stars Paul Rudd, who we all know and love, the ageless Paul Rudd. It's also got Finn Wolfhart from Stranger Things and McKenna Grace, who they haven't said, but clearly looks to be the granddaughter of the late Egon Spengler, i.e. the late Harold Ramis. Uh, and they're a family, they're out in the country, and they find the original Ghostbusting equipment when things go start, start to go bump in the night. So interesting premise and evolution for the series. There's definitely got Stranger Things vibes to it, which I would have said even before you saw that. Finn Wolfhart was in it. Um, the original cast are rumoured to appear, so I, I'm here for it for that reason alone. But certainly in terms of a, a big summer blockbuster and a universe I'm keen to get back to, this is the one for me. So fingers crossed we're getting that 
some point in the summer time. So that is my number one Ghostbusters Afterlife. You're just you're just Ghostbusters super fan. I I could have I could I would have bet my house that this would be your number one pick for this year, Jeff. It looks uh, I'm really excited for it. I'm you know it's, I'm ready for a good Ghostbusters movie. Not that the not you know not that the most recent one wasn't terrible, but you know I'm ready for it. It yeah. was yeah, it was different. It was a Paul Feig film, I would yeah. say, to him, and 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 it was fine. And uh, Kate McKinnon was excellent in it. But it's just it's it's what what I you're right. I am a super fan for it. And what I really like is the IDW comic book series has has kind of went multi universe and accepted the 2016 Ghostbusters into that world, yeah. um, which kind of makes it all okay. So if you're a true Ghostbusters fan, you accept it all. Ignore the haters, but yeah, I'm very keen to see Paul Rudd uh, run around with the proton pack and hopefully, you know, start something in the future. But I it found it hard, James, to choose. A, I almost didn't go for it. Cause I knew you would judge me, but then I remembered it is my recommendation. My recommendation. I'll have it. But I had so many other films that could have been in this top three. I mean, any any of that was circling for you? Yeah, I've got I've got a big old list that we made here, Jeff, when we were looking ahead to next year. So I'll go through them quickly. Mm-hmm. You got Coming to America, which tra- the trailer is hilarious. Uh, you got Raya and the Last Dragon, of course. You got The King's Man, which would have made my list on pretty much any other year. I love the Kingsman. Mm-hmm. I love the first Kingsman movie, and this one's a bit of a prequel, which I'm excited for. No Time to Die, obviously Bond. I've seen that trailer too many times to be excited for it anymore, but I'm sure it'll be okay. Uh, Mortal Kombat, which I know you're not a fan of, but I love Mortal Kombat. I think this will be gross, and I'm excited for it. Mm. Um, yeah, do you want to shout out some more? Um, I mean, Tom and Jerry movie. Yeah, of course. Obviously, the top one, top one there. Um, yeah, I mean, other Disney ones, we've got Luca, which is the Pixar one. Uh, we've got Shang-Chi, um, yeah. which, uh, and Eternals, which are the other Marvel films there. Space Jam 2, um, sure. obviously up there yeah, with Tom cool. and Jerry. Um, it won't be, it'll be better than Tom and Jerry um, Lots of sequels as well actually We've got uh, the It's called Spiral but it's a, a Saw sequel with Chris Rock which I think is really Interesting yeah. um, We've got the Venom, Let, Let, Let There Be Carnage Mission Impossible 7 Spider-Man 3 Matrix 4 yeah. um, And then a couple of remakes, the likes of Jungle Cruise And Candyman And then one that's quite interesting that no one's really talking about But is The Many Saints of Newark which is a film based on Soprano, starring uh, James Gandolfini's son, actually, as a younger version of that character. Yeah, I think that'll be really good. The mm. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you haven't mentioned Uncharted, I don't think, with Tom because Holland. We keep hitting the, well, I believe when I see it, it's been in the work for so long. Um, what they need is someone like Ryan Reynolds who just gets films made uh, (laughs) because he's got Free Guy coming out which looks to be quite good fun yeah I'd agree, Uh, the Suicide Squad remake of course Mm -hmm. um, which I'm you know looks better than the original let's be honest Uh, West Side Story like you mentioned, The Beatles Get Back, Mm -hmm. Um, some really good films coming, I'm I'm excited I'm excited, hopefully we'll see some of them in the cinema yeah, that's the big thing. I think there's uh, uh, the, a lot of the summer blockbusters are in the right place. I think those that we're seeing a little bit earlier, like Black Widow, doesn't look like it will be one of these big epic scale ones. It might be a little bit calmer yeah. and smaller in scale. So if we do have to watch on TV, it might not suffer as much. Yeah, it'll be. I think it'll be okay. So once again, let us know what you're looking forward to in 2021, uh, whether it's a movie that we've missed out, a TV show, uh, a game, uh, you know, just anything. Let us know what you're excited about. At tell me what's G on Twitter or at tell me what's good UK on Instagram. We would love to hear from you, wouldn't we, Jeffrey? 
Absolutely. Yes, we would. Yes, we would. Thank please, you. please, please, like, rate, and subscribe. <laughs> down here, down here. Um, on to news, Jeff. On to news. Tell me about Cherry. Yes, yeah, so Cherry is. Uh, we are, we got a trailer for this one. It's a Apple T. Uh, sorry, Apple original, starring Tom Holland, who's an army veteran, who uh, becomes a bank robber who who likes talking to the camera. So quite an interesting way of filming it. Why are we interested in it? Well, obviously because it's Tom Holland, but also because it's the first film directed by the Russo brothers since the Avengers. So interesting to see where they go. Um, and they weren't always doing these massive comic book films. You know, they, they have done smaller things. I've just finished watching Community, actually, which is uh, what they did uh, on the TV. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see them just take that scale down a little bit. But then Tom Holland yet again doing an, an, an excellent American accent, but something that's a little bit less pure than Peter Parker. Yeah, and, you know, I said it when I reviewed or recommended uh, The Devil all the time. Tom Holland is actually really good in serious, darker roles, and I think this will be another one of those. I'm excited for that. Um, it looks good. March the 12th, is that right? I think it is. Yeah, soon, soon, coming soon. It, it is March the 12th. I did my research. <laughs> um, I'm excited for Army of the Dead, Jeff, uh, announced mm. from uh, the next movie from Zack Snyder. Um, it's a heist movie set in Vegas during a zombie apocalypse. What more do you want? Uh, it's got Dave Bautista in. That's what more you wanted. I think it'll, I think this will be awesome. I think it'll have a sense of humour. I think it'll be violent. I think it'll be really cool. It's coming out on Netflix, summer 2021. I am excited for that. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's uh, Zack Snyder of the 300 cloth is, is probably yeah. where we're going back to, which can be no bad. God, I hope so. Yeah. God, I hope so. Uh, tell me about I Care A Lot. I Care A Lot is, so we, the trailer just dropped for this one. It's a new Netflix original coming um, next month. It stars Rosamund Pike, who is an attorney who becomes a legal guardian for the elderly and then fleeces them, sends them off to a care home and lives off their money, which seems great until she messes with the wrong little lady. And it seems to be a battle of wits in that, res- in that respect. A big fan of Rosamund Pike. Definitely feel a bit... Um, Gone Girl vibes off this character, uh, where she's she's good at being this kind of sweet but actually evil uh, character. Uh, so that's coming out on the 19th of February, which, as we know, James, is the same day that all the Muppet shows arrive on Disney Plus as well, which I know you're very excited about. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I just don't get the Muppets, if I'm honest. They're not just, real. Does that, do, I just do you don't know get this? It. I just okay. like Kermit's carry. Other than that, yeah. Like, like Miss Piggy. I got no time for her. You got, you got anything to say about the Muppet shows other than you like them and I don't? Um, I, it'd be nice to hear the Kermit voice with someone that actually sounds like Kermit, unlike the current guy who sounds like your mate Dave doing a bad impression. But that's yeah, yeah. that's an issue for Muppets fans, and we'll move on quickly. Um, games, James. There's a couple of games news coming out. Oh, yeah, Jeff. I'm so excited. Um, and you will be too, I know, um, because Ubisoft, uh, and Ubisoft Massive in particular, have announced that they're developing a Star Wars open-world game. Uh, like, Jeff, I love open-world games. I love the ability to choose your own path, go off on side quests, stuff like that. I won't have time to invest into it because, you know, I already have four or five open-world games on the go at the minute, and my circumstances are going to get a lot busier in 2021, but I'm really excited for it. Uh, Ubisoft Massive, for anybody who doesn't know, they developed uh, the Division games, Division 1 and 2, which are both open-world, you know, post 
pandemic flu that's wiped out the vast majority of the human race um games set in america and are just really well made games in massive worlds um a mixture of campaign and online just they mix they create worlds and involve you in it really well i got into the division two at the start of uh, at the start of lockdown in april and just destroyed it i put hours and hours in, into it and i just loved it and i think if they do that to the star wars world that'll be awesome i'm buzzing about that and I guess the other one is uh, that you're referring to is the Indiana Jones game that's been announced by Bethesda. Bethesda makes some incredible games, obviously Skyrim and things like that, but also the Fallout games. Now, the Fallout games come and go, Jeff. Some of them are hit, some of them are miss. Um, I know the, the majority of the fan base haven't been really happy since Fallout 3 New Vegas. Um, I really liked Fallout 4. Fallout um, 76 was garbage, but um, but Fallout 4 I just loved. And I think, if again, open world, um, you know, Fallout games are obviously post-apocalyptic, obviously indie will be that. But I trust Bethesda, and I think most other people do as well, to make a really good game. And there's been loads of Indiana Jones games in the past, but none that really, like, stick in the memory um, no. for such an iconic character and an iconic series. And I just think they'll do an awesome job. So I guess you would be excited about them as well, but I am too. And two... Two proper games for the next generation console for the PlayStation Five, which I'm assuming you've unboxed. I have unboxed it. I uh, I've got Star Wars Rogue Squadron, which is in nowhere near uh, what we're expecting for the Star Wars game, but is an example of what we've had before. Maybe it's a little bit more formulaic, or it's a bit more of a point and click. So I agree. Going to open world, as long as I've got a lightsaber in my hand, I'll be happy. And yeah, yeah for the Indiana Jones games, I mean, it's been a long time since I've had anything. Really, it's the Uncharted series has always been the like the unofficial, un, in, you yeah. know, put, put a fedora and put a whip in his hand, and it could have been an Indiana Jones game. So if they can match that with, I don't know, surely Harrison Ford's got nothing to do because he's locked in the house to do some vocal work for it, maybe, maybe, um, yeah, it could be really good fun. Just as just as long as there's no snakes, Jeff. He hates snakes. Hate he hates snakes. <laughs> <laughs> honestly i've got to tell you i'm really excited for the the world of entertainment in 2021 um this we've looked ahead there and just even prepping for this jeff there's some really cool stuff coming out and when by by some i mean a lot obviously a lot of it is 2020 slate that's been pushed back and we never know whether it'll get pushed back again you know there are a couple of games on my list that i couldn't actually put on because they're going to be pushed back again that you know the hogwarts legacy one which mm-hmm. i think will be awesome open world harry potter game on next yeah. gen will be class but it's going to be an awesome year, and I hope we get, you know, even if we get half of what we've talked about, I think it'll be a really good year again. So I'm excited. Yeah, phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal. Well, Jeff, Jeff, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. Um, I guess the next time, the next episode will actually come out on your birthday. That's exciting. It is Not exciting. This one, the next one. I mean, Wonder Woman 1984 has already kind of named itself after the year of my birth. Yeah. which is much better than the George Orwell version. Um, so, you know, enough. it's a big day for everyone, not just me. That's fair enough. Yeah, we're excited. Um, so I guess from you, Jeff, and from me, James, it is goodbye. Later, Gators. No, no, not again. I thought you'd have forgotten. It's oh, bad. no. I'm working on it. I need a hook. Goodbye and good luck.